You know, life is all about change. You ever thought about that? From the moment we are conceived, even before birth, there's a constant change going on in our body as we grow and as we develop. And then throughout lives, our bodies are constantly undergoing changes. Some for the better and many for the worse. <laughs> and then when you factor in our emotional state, the emotional side of us, the mental side of us, and the spiritual side of us, you have even more change taking place in our lives. And you know what I've discovered? A lot of people resist, they dislike, and they even fight change in their life. Why is that? Why do we sometimes resist, fight, dislike, get upset over change? Well, I think that there's comfort and consistency. We like the routine. We like the normal. We like to know what's coming. We like to have our expectations met. Uh, patterns grow in our lives. We become accustomed to them. We become comfortable with them. You know, this is a big deal when it comes to churches. Um, change. And not just with adults. You know, some people say, well, it's always the adults that resist change. No, it's not. Children sometimes dislike change. You, you try to change a pattern. You go into an elementary classroom and, and you try to do something different than you normally do and there's response. Teenagers like things kind of the way they like their expectations and you change something they don't always like it. And so it's a kind of across the board throughout life. We kind of get accustomed to the way things are. And as we grow and as things get kind of routine in our lives, we like that. And it upsets us when that is affected. I got to thinking about Abraham. Uh, when you look at his life in the Bible, you look at his story. You know, he starts out known as Abram. And in Genesis chapter 12, it says he's 75 years old. And the Lord brings this message to him. I'll put it on the screen for you. Here's what it says. Now, the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Now, I want you to remember, it says there in Genesis, he was 75 years old. And at 75 years, a message comes. And it's not just, hey, I want you to move down the block. I want you to downsize. I want you to kind of, you know, change up your surrounding a little bit. No, I want to totally change everything. I want you to leave what you know and you've always known. I want you to leave your father's house. I want you to leave the land where you live. And he made some other promises to Abraham there. But he said basically it's time to go. And thankfully, Abram went. And we can read the rest of the story. You ever notice that God has a way of pushing us out of our comfort zone at times? Why does God do that? Is it because He's just being mean? He just in heaven looks down and says, well, I'll just have some fun with her or him. No. God is not mean and God is not cruel. God is loving. He's all-wise. He's all-knowing. He has our best at heart. We know that. So why all of this change? Well, don't you think it's because God knows that one of the best ways for us to grow and to mature and even learn to depend upon Him more is when we face challenges and we face problems and we face change. 
Think about your life for a moment today. What's changed in your life lately? Now, some of you are probably thinking, well, how much time do you have? Well, not that much. So let's just think about it for a little bit. How much change have you faced in your life lately? We're seeing change in many of our families as, as children are maybe progressing through school and they're in a new school or a new stage in life. Perhaps you've had changes in your job or even what you're required to do at your job. Well, you know, all the downsizing and, and maybe your job's become a lot different than it used to be. Maybe there's been other changes in your life. Maybe you're caring for aging parents. Uh, maybe you still have small children or maybe you've added new children to your family. I mean, on and on it goes and maybe you faced a lot of change. I get it. I faced a lot of change in my life personally here of late. My family has faced a lot of change. And we could talk a whole lot about change just in general. How our world has changed in the last two or three years. We could spend a few moments talking about how the pandemic, how COVID has changed so many things in the last several years. And then I hear that we're going to face other major changes. Things like electric cars. I won't ask how many of you are excited about that. That they want to get rid of our gas cars and go to electric cars. I'll just tell you, I'm not excited about that. But technology changes, the fashion industry changes, and policy changes, and job changes. Will it ever end? No wonder we're stressed out. No wonder we're so, I don't know, harried and, and, and frantic at times because we face so much change in our life. I ran across something interesting I wanted to share with you, author Thomas Friedman writes of the rapid changes society has experienced. And he talks about a 1971 VW Beetle. Anybody have a VW Beetle you ever drove? Oh, we have some. All right. Well, you might remember those days. He talks about a 1971 VW Beetle. And he said if the Beetle had undergone as many changes to its power and speed as has occurred to computer microchips, Today, that beetle would be able to go about 300,000 miles per hour. Can you imagine that? I don't think Herbie ever went that fast. He said it would get 2 million miles per gallon of gas and it would cost 4 cents. He said Intel engineers also estimated that if automobile fuel efficiency improved at the same rate as microchips, you could, roughly speaking, drive a car your whole life on a tank of gasoline. Wouldn't that be wonderful? By the way, that article I just shared with you was actually shared back in 2017. When you think about the changes in microchips today, imagine what those figures might be. I just mentioned that because I'm just trying to mention to you that this change comes about so rapidly, but sometimes it affects certain areas of our life, but not other areas. Microchips have progressed greatly the VW Beetle, well, it's still just humming along. Herrick Johnson put it so eloquently, change is stamped upon everything earthly. Change is stamped upon everything earthly. Well, amidst all these changes we've talked about, I've got a good word for you today from the unchanging good news of God's Word. I want to focus for just a few minutes upon one verse of Scripture. And my hope is by the time that we head out in a few minutes for some RC Cola and Moon Pies, that this is firmly stamped upon your heart and your mind. We're talking today about dealing 
with change. Dealing with change. And the verse I want to share with you is a verse that I believe will comfort you. I know it has me. It will provide hope. It will provide strength. It will challenge you as you face changes in your own life. Are you ready for the verse? Just one verse today. And I really pray it will be upon your heart as you leave later in just a few minutes. That verse is found in the book of Hebrews. It may be a familiar verse to you. It may be a newer verse to you. But Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 simply says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Just nine words here in the New King James Version, but they're packed and they're powerful, full of meaning and significance. This says that Jesus Christ is the same in the past. He's the same in the present. And He'll be the same in the future. Always has been. Always will be. This is amazing truth. This can be said about none of us. None of us can have this truthfully said about us that we're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right away we're reminded that Jesus Christ is God. Only God is unchanging. You want to jot these references down. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Malachi 3, 6. James 1, verse 17 says it this way. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. God is unchanging. Jesus is unchanging because Jesus is God. But when you think about this verse, exactly what does it mean when it says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? I mean, we look at His life, we go to the Gospels, and we begin to study His earthly life, we notice that there was change that took place in Jesus. Because we know He started out, the Holy Spirit came upon the Virgin Mary... Jesus is conceived. He begins to grow in the womb of Mary. He is born. We celebrate that coming up in just several months from now at Christmas time. And then we see the progression in his life. We're not taught a lot about his early life. We see him at 12 years old. Uh, We see him later on in his life. And he's gone from that little baby in a manger to a full-grown man out preaching and teaching and healing and doing ministry and calling for repentance. And then we even see in his body, he's taken and he's nailed on the cross and he dies and then he arises again. So we have to understand when it says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever, we're not talking about his humanity. In his humanity, in his body, and by the way, he's perfect God and perfect man joined together. He is fully human and fully God. But in his humanity, in his body, his body underwent change. And he grew. And by the way, that's why he can say in the Scripture, right, he's touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. He knows what it is to get hungry. He knows what it is to get tired. He knows what it is to face challenges in life. In his humanity, there was great change. But in his deity, he never changes. His character never changes. His attributes never change. He cannot change. Why? Because He's God, and as God, He is perfect. I mean, He's perfect. He cannot improve. 
He's already perfect. He cannot digress. He's God. He cannot improve upon infinite perfection. This all deals with, if we were in a theology class, we'd be talking about a subject called the immutability of God. And that just simply, it's just a $20 word that simply means that God is unchanging. He's perfect. You and I are constantly changing. You and I are constantly facing change in our life. God never changes. Jesus is always the same. Now, this is wonderful news. Wonderfulness. Can you imagine if God did change? Do you know anybody? Don't look around, please. Just keep your eyes focused on me. You know anybody that's moody? Don't look around. Look right here. You know anybody that's moody? I mean, you don't know how you're going to find them. Maybe you work with someone like that or you go to school with someone like that and one day you go into to the place where they are and, and you don't know if they're going to be happy or sad, glad or mad. You don't know if you need to tiptoe in and, or speak or just kind of, you know, just move on about your way. Can you imagine if God was like that? Can you imagine if you bowed your head and prayed, you didn't know if you were going to come to a God that would be angry or a God who would be just unpredictable. You don't know if you could bring your burdens or not. You don't know if you're going to be reproved or not. You don't know what to face. But our God's not like that. Our God is unchanging. He's immutable. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is the same. He's always the same. And I find such great comfort in this. I know in just recent weeks that one day, just really struggling something, and I just reminded myself, that's kind of where this was born, this whole idea, this message, was the fact that just reminded us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. No matter what I'm facing, no matter what changes are taking place, no matter what challenges, problems, whatever comes my way, Jesus Christ is the same. He's sure. He's steady. He's the foundation. As we sang a moment ago, I can build my life upon Him. Jesus is God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not only God, though. He's eternal as God. This reminds us that Jesus is eternal. The same yesterday, today, and forever. He's always been this way. He'll always be this way. He's the same God that called Abram. We read about earlier in Genesis chapter 12. He's the same God that called Elijah. He's the same God that dealt with the other saints in the New Testament. And He's the same God today. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's eternal. Unending. Not only is He God and is God eternal, Jesus is faithful. Can I just say to you, beloved, He's been faithful in the past. He's faithful in the present. And praise be to His name, He will be faithful in the future. This is so comforting. So comforting. It's important that we understand this. It's important that we get this teaching right. We need to be careful of our doctrine, of our teaching. And the writer of Hebrews here, you know, we, we pulled out this one verse of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. I want to put it back in its context. That is where the verse lives. And I want you to notice the verse that comes before it. And the verse that comes after, it's very important here. In Hebrews chapter 13, now we're looking at verse 8, let's back up to verse 7. He says in there, Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. I want you to notice the emphasis there is upon the past tense. 
Those who have spoken the Word of God to you. Those who have influenced you. Those who have taught you. Those who have instructed you in the Word of God. Those who have taught you proper doctrine. Who have taught you the Bible. By the way, we believe the Bible. This is God's Holy Word. And as we, they said, these have taught you the Bible. Remember those. Past tense. Then he says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then you come down to verse number 9. We kind of look towards the future. Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines. Do you see what he's saying here? Remember those who taught you in the past. Be faithful to those who are faithful. Jesus Christ is unchanging, and so don't be carried away by false doctrine and by false teaching. And by the way, can I just remind you, in the world in which we're living and all that we're facing, it is vital that we understand what God's Word teaches, what we believe, and we live that out. Now, change is a part of our life. But what stability we have in our unchanging God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's think about our church for a moment. One of my favorite pictures here on the screen. In fact, we as a church family, we kind of recreated this picture several years ago. And and praise be to the Lord, we kind of rivaled that picture, I thought. I don't know what year this picture was taken, but our church goes back to the earliest records are 1860. That's what we celebrate, 1860. That's a long time ago. You can go back and read some of the early documents of our church, and by the way, ooh, there's some interesting things to read. But since 1860, our church has been constantly going through change. We don't meet in the same building they met in in 1860. Behind the screen is a cross that's made of some of the wood from that building, but that building is long gone. We have this building, but throughout our years we have improved, we've renovated, we've changed, we've added on to different things. The congregation looks, perhaps some of you are in that picture, I don't know, but our congregation looks a lot different than it does there. And it's been constantly changing throughout the years, And here's just the reality of it. My prayer is if the Lord does not return first, that will continue to be the case as we age, as we grow, as we go on to heaven, others come behind us. And the congregation continually changes. Now here's the good news. I want to give glory to God for this. Though we've been under constant change since 1860, and that's a long time. In fact, I didn't do the math and... I'm not that smart to be able to do it on the fly, but that's a long time. Praise be to God, the message has not changed. They believed the Bible, taught the gospel in 1860, and here we are in 2022, and we're still preaching the same message. The message doesn't change. Our bylaws, it talks about the very beginning, uh, methods may change. The way we do things may change. But the message remains, remains the same. And so we understand this. It's just reality. And it's going to continue to be that way. And we've gone through great changes, as I've mentioned earlier, since the pandemic hit. So we need to get some application because I want to get you out early. I promised I was going to get you out early today. And I'm going to get you out early. So I want to get to some application. So we understand Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
We understand this is a comforting thought, but how do we apply this to our lives? Maybe you're facing a great change even this week. Well, I want to give you four suggestions. Four suggestions for dealing with change. Now, you ought to write these down. And you say, well, I'm just a young person. You really ought to write them down. Because you're going to be facing a lot of changes. I've said, I think, to my wife in just recent days that if we're still here in, in the next coming years, I'm going to have so many weddings to do, maybe. And, and then uh, all these changes that are going to take place. We're getting ready to graduate, a, 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 seems like a thousand seniors just this year, it seems like. But anyway, a very large group coming along. And then we've seen how many folks have been promoted to glory in the last two or three years. And only God knows the, the, the real answer to how much change we're going to face. But here's the reality. Not only as a church family, but your family, you personally are going to chase, uh, face a lot of change. You, you may have change coming this afternoon that you're not planning on, you're not bargaining for. Might be this week. How do you deal with change? Can I give you four suggestions real quick? I think these will help you. I think they'll bless you. Number one, we need to expect change. Say, I don't like that one. Well, I didn't promise you'd like them all. I'm just giving you some suggestions, all right? We need to expect change. We see it all through the Bible. We see it in other people's lives. We see it in our friends and our family's lives. We experience it in our own lives all the time. Change is inevitable. We need to just expect it. Why are we surprised by it that things are changing? Now, sometimes change is small. I mean, it's not life impacting, but sometimes it's big. It changes our life. It's major. So we need to just expect change. Change is coming. And I think if we expect change, it would be a lot more helpful than just going, oh, I can't believe this is happening. Well, it's going to happen. Change is going to happen. So just expect change. That's number one suggestion. You ready for number two? Sometimes we need to encourage change. He's gone to meddling now. Sometimes we need to give a little push to maybe someone we love, our friends, our loved ones. And yes, sometimes we need to give a little push to ourselves. Not all change is bad. In fact, some change is needful. Some change is helpful. Some change is wonderful. But sometimes it takes a little push, a little encouragement to make a change. How many wives are like mine? You have to encourage your husband to throw out that shirt that he keeps wearing. You know, that shirt is one of your favorite shirts. It's comfortable. It's, it's a part of your skin. It, it's just you put it on. It's just part of you. And yet you say, it's, you know, it's cozy. It's comfortable. Yes, dear, but it's, it's holy. It's ragged. It's worn out. Some of you might even say it, it has a, a smell about it. It's become part of you and it needs to go. Sometimes we need a little push, a little encouragement to change. And, and God may lead you to, to provide a little encouragement to someone to make a change. God may need to encourage you to make a change. Sometimes we need to encourage change. It's okay. You ready for the third one? This is maybe the hardest We need to learn to embrace change. Embrace change. This is hard. 
A lot of us have learned this in certain areas of our life. We've learned, I think, to embrace the changing seasons. I'm glad we live in a place where we have changing seasons. It seems like they run into each other a lot lately. But we, we know we're getting ready to step into fall and then we'll have winter and then spring and then summer. And a lot of us, I think, appreciate that. We, we've learned to embrace that. That's a part of life. We, we even look forward to that. Fall is coming. Cooler weathers, sweaters, bonfires, pumpkins, fall festival, all those great things. Then winter's coming. We're looking forward. And we, we've learned to embrace that. It, it's a part of life. We, we accept it. We, we've learned to embrace it. But listen, if God is leading you to make changes in your life, if God is allowing changes to come, if God is bringing about changes in your life, if God is in charge of your life, and He is, by the way, He's sovereign, we've got to learn to embrace change. I guess I could say it a different way if I wanted to. I guess I could say it. We've got to learn to trust God. Because if God is in control of our life and God is bringing about the change, we need to embrace the change for whatever reasons or purposes God may have for it. We've got to learn to embrace it. Remember, God is all wise. He never changes. He has our best at heart. And so if God is bringing about change or allowing change in our lives, we need to learn. Now, notice I said learn. Because I think naturally we don't want change. We need to learn to say Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's how Jesus taught us to pray. There's a fourth one. This is very important. Don't miss this one. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus in the midst of change. You see, within ourselves, we're not sufficient. We need wisdom. We need help. We need grace. We've got to learn to embrace this change, and we keep our eyes on Jesus. It brings us back to today's verse because, listen, in the midst of all of our change, yesterday, today, and forever, Jesus never changed. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. While everything in my life may seem topsy-turvy and upside down and sometimes chaotic and out of control, Jesus is in complete control. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And He is steady. He is sure. He is stable. He's our rock. He's our anchor. He's our fortress. And I want to encourage you to follow this away because when your world is rocked and you find yourself overwhelmed, remind yourself of the truth. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We need to say, like the hymn writer said it, change and decay in all around I see, O Thou who changest not, abide with me. You know, I don't have it as one of the four, but I've got to Give it to you before we close up shop today. And when we think about change, really it all goes back to experiencing the greatest change of all. You say, well, preacher, what is that? And that is the change from being dead in your sin to alive in Christ. That is the greatest change. That's how we're able to go through the changes of life 
with the security and stability of Christ because we know Him as our Lord and Savior. The Bible is very clear. All of us have failed. All of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. None that doeth good, no, not one. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible says that we must turn from our sin and place our faith in Christ. And if we'll do that, He changes us completely. He makes us a new creation in Christ. And if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is the day. Turn from your sin and place your faith in Christ alone. You know, we're going to continue facing change in our life, but praise be to God, He never changes. I want to close in prayer and we're going to sing probably a verse or two of that hymn I just quoted, Abide With Me. And then we're going to go out in a fellowship time. But as we pray today, I want to encourage you to do this. I'll give you a moment to do it there in your seat to talk with the Lord. I want you to bring whatever change, whatever it is you're dealing with, and I want you just to bring that to the Lord. Give it to Him and remind yourself and help Him. ask Him to help you to remember that He never changes that he'll always be the same and you can trust him. Would you bow every head bowed, every eye closed today? And as we're praying, I want you to take whatever it is that you're facing in your life, whatever the change is, and give it to him. Just pray right there in your seat. Talk to him. And if you don't know him today, you can come to know him right there where you are. You can tell him you know you've done wrong. You know you've sinned. You don't want your sin anymore. You want Jesus Christ to come into your life, forgive you and cleanse you and make you a new creation in Christ. And he will. And I want to encourage you. When we're done, if you do that today, to come find me, find others, and share the, f- the fact that you gave your life to Christ today. We'd love to help you to grow in your faith. But right now, you pray. Let the Lord lead you. And then I'll close this in prayer. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for this tremendous truth Would you write it upon our hearts and our minds where we never forget that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. We have security, stability in you, our rock, our fortress, our sure foundation. Father, help us to learn to trust you in the midst of the changes that we experience in life. Help us to remember that you always have our good and your glory in mind. And I pray for my brothers and sisters who are maybe facing tremendous challenges in life. Lord, to allow you to hold them in your loving arms. Help us, Father, to trust you. And we give you glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to sing just a verse or two before we head out for fellowship. And I really, really, really hope that this verse 
will prove helpful in your life as it has in mine. Let's do 88. I quote a little bit of that hymn just a moment ago. Abide with me. Fast falls the even tide. The darkness deepens. Lord, with me abide. When other helpers fail and comforts flee, help of the helpless, oh, abide with me. Let's stand together. 88, abide with me. Mm-hmm.